Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by Sam Tizzle. Sam, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, and I hope all is well. More importantly, is all well after that Champions League draw. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Jamie. Do you know what it is? I'm actually quietly happy with the draw. Like, I'm not like one of these Newcastle fans that's going, oh, God, it's a dreadful draw. I think 90% of us are actually buzzing with the draw because... Some great away days there. And do you know what? I think we fancy ourselves to challenge these boys as well. As we know with PSG, they've lost a few big names. Obviously, still a lot of force with Mbappe there. Uh, it should be a great away day. Obviously, Dortmund's going to be an absolute corker. It's going to be great for Tonali going back to Milan. But to be honest with you, free for away days, I don't think you're really going to get three better away days for a Champions League experience, your first one in 20 years. So, yeah, absolutely buzzing with the Champions League draw, to be honest with you. Even though we're classed as the group of death, I definitely fancy it's a challenge. Glad to hear. As you say, guaranteed fixtures in terms of top world-class opposition. You can't ask for much more, if nothing else. We've got no European football to worry about, Jamie. Last but certainly not least, you're on the show, of course. How are you feeling after the weekend's football, though? Yeah, very good, of course. You know, loving Big Ansball at the moment, of course. You know, going to Burnley and scoring five, I'm sure, you know, at the moment they don't look like they're kind of finding their feet in the Premier League, but I still think it was a very good performance. You know, Spurs finally looking to take the game to the opposition. You know, it's just enjoyable football to watch now. And obviously, you've got all these guys in form. You've got James Madison playing fantastic stuff. Iba Suma as well. So, you know, lots kind of to look forward to as a Spurs fan, which is which is really nice to say. Um, it's been a while since we said that. So, yeah, really good um, on that front. Um, of course, it is the international break. I'm on my own international break as well at the moment. I'm currently away in Spain, so... Uh, yeah, having a good time and uh, looking forward to talking football uh, in Spain. So, yeah, looking forward to this show, definitely. Fantastic. That's all the intros out of the way. So let's get down to business. And, of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insights. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag. And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? Let's look at last week's European draws and how the outright markets look when it comes to trophy winners next May. First up, we go to the Champions League. And Sam, is it any surprise that Manchester City are favourites at the rather short price of 2-1? to one? So let's get the first bit out of the way. It's no surprise that Manchester City are the favourites, if we're quite honest with you. They're pretty much proven to be the best team uh, on the planet over the last year or two. Um, we saw how sort of comfortable they looked in all competitions last season. They're just so dominant. So obviously, there has been a few players come and go uh, since the start of the season and during the summer. But I do think they still justify favouritism. The one thing I will say, though, is the price. Like you did mention there, you touched upon it. Two to one. That's crazy short. That, I, think that's, I don't think I've ever seen uh, a favourite so short in the Champions League. Uh, to be honest, I don't think there ever will have been a favourite as short as that. So two to one for me. It's a very difficult one as a punter to take on with, obviously everything that can happen along the way, all the hurdles, the group stages, then you've obviously got the knockout games. The two to one, it's just a difficult one to bat from a punter's perspective. Yeah, it's far too early, isn't it? I mean, they're probably favourites for the right reasons, but two to one, it's very little incentive to back it now when you've got the final, what, 
eight months away. So hold your horses for Man City. But, Jamie, in terms of the second favourites, that's Bayern Munich. They're priced at 11-2. to We all know that a certain Harry Kane is now playing at the Allianz Arena these days. Could he lead his new employers back to the top step of European football at the end of the season? Yeah, look, I must say I'm quite surprised to see that they are the second favourites. I know, obviously, as a Spurs fan, having seen Harry Kane go to Bayern Munich, maybe a bit of bitterness towards them, but... I kind of look at them and I still think they're lacking in certain areas. Obviously, adding that goal scorer in Harry Kane hugely improves them. You know, he's going to have 30, 40 goals this season. That That's a massive boost for them. Of course, having lost Lewandowski, you know, two seasons ago, I think to have added that those goals back into the team is going to be a big factor for them. But as I said, I still think there's issues in this squad. Of course, we saw them trying to add a holding midfielder in the last parts of the window. I think Jao Polinia was the guy they wanted. Because he didn't get that over the line as well. Um, I think in defence as well, there's there's areas where maybe there's there's a bit of concern. I think Upa Meccano showed frailties, um, you know, at times last season. Kim Min Jae, he looks obviously like a, a, he's going to be a really good addition. Obviously, was fantastic for Napoli last season. So obviously, that might help them. But I just kind of look at their squad, and I think there's too many issues there for me to really get excited about them. So uh, as I said, slightly surprised to see them as second favourites just because I think they're, they're, they're lacking in, in, in uh, certain aspects of the squad. And of course, last season as well, had a few difficulties with you know getting over the line in, in the Bundesliga. Obviously, they did win it in the end. Um, in the Champions League as well, absolutely dominated by Manchester City um, and obviously eliminated by them. So, yeah, for me, I think there's too much kind of with Bayern Munich that I, I, I'm not too keen on. So uh, I'm quite surprised to see them as second favourites. And the six to one, yeah, I, I don't think I'd be taking this one personally. OK, and Sam, another team that are always in the mix are Real Madrid. They're top of the shop in Spain at the international break. Their third favourites are odds of 8-1. to one. What do you make of their chances as they look to collect another Champions League trophy? Well, you've always got to say Real Madrid is always going to be in the mix. It's proven down the years, you know, how they've done it historically. Um, obviously, missing Benzema this year, but they do seem to have a new goal-scoring hero, which is a bit of a surprising one, Jude Bellingham. Not sure how long he can keep it up the way he's going at the moment, but Jude Bellingham on absolute fire at the moment. Uh, Real Madrid are going to be a force, but that midfield, you know, they're going to be, you can't say, arguably the best midfield in the world at the moment, um, alongside probably City, as you could say. Um, but Real Madrid definitely going to be in the mix with a group of Napoli, Braga, and Union Berlin. You'd expect them to progress through that. And obviously, then it depends the look of the draw, I guess, what you get along the way. But I think eight to one's probably not a bad price. I prefer it to. I probably prefer it to Bayern Munich's price. To be quite honest, if you're eleven uh, six to one, as Jamie just said. Now, Jamie, a quick focus on Arsenal because they're ten to one to win the trophy. How do you see Mikel Arteta's men going as they make their long-awaited return to the Champions League? Yeah, well, obviously we, we speak about the history of Real Madrid and kind of how that comes into play with with them. Obviously, fourteen-time winners of the competition, but obviously for Arsenal, I think in the Champions League. You know, they have struggled, obviously. They, they, they've only got one European trophy in their entire history to their name. So I think that that is worth factoring in. Um, I think as well, if you look at this group of players and the manager, you know, when it's come to kind of those big occasions and maybe some knockout competitions, you know, they have struggled. And um, I think that, that you have to kind of factor that in. So, you know, you when they get to maybe the latter stages and these big games, you know, they have tended to crumble. And uh, I think that that will be the case here. And Obviously, I, I really respect them as a team. I think they're a fantastic, you know, they are a fantastic team. And I think they're going to do well in the competition this year. I, don't, I definitely don't think they're going to go all the way, but I think they will do well. 
in the Premier League. I think they're going to be flying as well. But again, I just come back to that. You know, history kind of suggests over the last two seasons that when it's come to those big moments, they have crumbled. So um, that that's definitely why I wouldn't be backing them. As I said, really respect them as a team, but um, history history definitely suggests that they won't go away. Okay, then let's drop down to the Europa League now, as there are three representatives for the Premier League. And Sam, the favourites of Liverpool are seven to two. Do you think Jurgen Klopp's men will be the eventual winners come the end of the season? Yeah, I can see exactly, again, why Liverpool are the favourites. We know what they're like with the European night. I don't think there's really any English team, especially if it does it quite like uh, Liverpool when it comes to Europe and, and how they turn up. It just seems to elevate their game uh, when the backs are against the wall. Um, to be honest with you, it all depends how seriously Jurgen Klopp takes his competition. For me, as the bookies suggest, it's probably their best chance of silverware this season. Uh, like I said, the bookies clearly agree at that price. I don't think Jurgen Klopp should be afraid to put all his eggs in this basket, to be quite honest with you. I think this is the best chance of a trophy. Uh, but another Premier League team, which is slightly longer odds, is probably somewhere that you might want to take a punt as well. But I think Jamie's probably going to bring us on to that in a minute. Well, let's talk about that team now, because, Jamie, that team is Brighton. They're going to look to have a proper crack at this competition. They find themselves second favourites, but that price is 14-1. to 1. So when you consider 72 for the favourites, 14-1 to 1 for the second favourites, that's the margin we're talking about. Is the group stage draw going to work against the Seagulls? Yeah, I mean, it's a tricky one, this, because they were fantastic last season. You can definitely see you know, why people might think they're going to have a great shot at this competition, but... For me, I kind of see why maybe their odds are so long. I think, they've, you know, you, you mentioned there about the group stage. I think they've got a very tricky group to come through. Obviously, Ajax, you know, their history in the competition, we speak about the history. But I, I just think, you know, in Europe, that is always a factor. And I think Ajax are going to be really good this season. Marseille, of course, a Champions League team last season. I think they're going to be really strong. They're second in Liga at the moment. Um, and then, of course, going away to Athens, that that's obviously going to be a tricky night as well. So... I don't think they're actually going to make it through the group stage. I think they will go out. And, uh, yeah, I'm not too keen on Brighton. I think, you know, you look at them in the league, obviously they've got that fantastic win on the, uh, on the weekend against Newcastle. Sorry, sorry about that, Sam. Um, but, yeah, I, I think... Um, I just don't I just don't think they're going to have quite enough. I think they have had slightly mixed starts to the season. Obviously, we saw them suffer that defeat against West Ham as well. So, you know, kind of finding their feet a little bit, obviously, without Caicedo, having lost a couple of other players as well. Robert Sanchez to Chelsea, um, so yeah, I, I just think they're going to maybe have a bit of uh, you know a bit of a struggle this season in in Europe. Obviously, debutants as well. I think that might play a bit of a factor. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm not too keen on Brighton. I think they're a great team again, but uh, I think they will come out and they will struggle here. Okay, and Sam, the other English outfit in this competition is West Ham. They're twenty to one to win a second European trophy in as many years. Is this going to be too big an ask, in your opinion? So break it down like Jamie's just done there. Group stage-wise, I think they'll come through the groups okay. But I think they might sort of falter when it comes to the knockout stages. Obviously, having won the uh, having, having won a trophy last year in Europe, pressure's on them. But at the same time, I think David Moyes has kind of already stated in some of his interviews, I think league form this season is particularly where he wants to see the Hammers improving. So I think you might see a slight shift in momentum in terms of their form. I think you might see them have the, say, the best performances for the league. I think that maybe when it comes to European competition, they might sort of drop the ball a little bit when it gets to the knockout stages. So, for me, 20-1 is probably about where the price should be, but I don't think they'll be 
competed for it, unfortunately. Okay, then we shouldn't overlook the Conference League either. Aston Villa are the favourites at four to one. Jamie, do you think Unai Emery is in the mood for more European success? I think they've got a great chance in this competition this season. You know, the fact that West Ham won it last season, I think Villa and Unai Emery should be more than good enough to win it. Um, I think Villa, the squad looks very strong now. Um, and I think probably if you, you go around and look at all the other squads in the competition, I think Villa have got the strongest. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously very early on. And uh, as we said, you know, so many factors that could potentially go wrong, that could change things. But, you know, I think at four to one, it's definitely worth keeping an arm because, you know, Unai Emre's got that, you know, that knack for winning European Cups. Um, and I think, as I said, Villa, this this squad looks really good at the moment. So, um, yeah, I really like the look of them. And at four to one, I, I'd definitely be looking at this one. OK, and just to wrap up the chat about European competitions, Sam, I noticed that all three competitions have an English favourite. So... Does this highlight the strength of the Premier League in general or is it biased from the UK-based bookmakers in terms of odds? Yeah, I believe there's an element of both in there. I think bookmakers are generally going to shorten the markets that are heavily backed teams. And we as the English punters, we know what we're like. We love to get behind our boys and back them at the same time. So, yeah, there's definitely an element of both there. I do, however, think that the favouritism is justified, generally speaking, if you look at our record in recent performances in Europe. So, last season, an English side won the Champions League, obviously, as well as the Conference League. Uh, although we did have a disappointing run in the Europa League. But from an English perspective, the last six Champions League finals, so obviously 12 teams have participated in them games, seven slots were taken up by English sides. So we have had at least one, and we've had at least one finalist in the last three finals as well of the Champions League. So, yeah, we are pretty dominant when it comes to European competition of late. So you can definitely see why we are the favourites. Yeah, I think that's a fair point you make there. Jamie, in terms of any continental challenger for the Europa or Conference League, there's plenty of other clubs in the mix. Where would your attention be going if you wanted to back any of those? Yeah, I'm going to go for the Europa League here and I'm going to look at Bayer Leverkusen. Um, they're at Ooh. a really nice price of 16-1. to 1. Um, Obviously, a team that's kind of continuing to build under Xavi Alonso. We know that they look really strong. Um, of course, really impressed last season. Um, they've made another strong start to the season in, in, in Germany as well. So they're looking really good. They're currently top of the Bundesliga. They've got three wins from three, scored 11 goals. They just look like a team that's on fire at the moment. So, um, yeah, I really like the look of uh, Bayer Leverkusen going all the way at 16-1. to one. Yeah, solid shout. They've made a great start to the Bundesliga. We're going to hopefully make a great start to our bet building once again because we are going to Poland. It's Ukraine taking on England and we are going to look to construct another winner. So, Sam, you're up first, please. I'd like an anytime goal scorer from you. Right, so I spoke about him a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, Real Madrid's new star, the poster boy, seems to be at the moment. It's Jude Bellingham. He's currently 9-2 to score any time. So he's hit the ground running with Madrid. Four La Liga appearances, five goals and one assist. Absolutely smashing it out there at the moment. I think he's a shoo-in to start this game. He's looked good in an England shirt, hasn't he, for a while now. I think he's, you know, I think he's a dominant force in our midfield. Uh, and I back him to score. Yeah, nine to two. Great shout, Jamie. I like the over under on the goals, please. Yeah, I mean, look, this England squad's kind of full of goal threats now, isn't it? Obviously, Bakayo Saka, another one. The guy we mentioned, Harry Kane, of course. You know, really making a flying start in, uh, you know, in the Bundesliga as well. So I think there's lots of goals in this England team. So I'm going to go for over two point five. Fantastic. I'm going to go to the shots on target market, and where else can you look but Harry Kane? The Bayern Munich forward now returns to duty with the three lines and the captain will be looking to add to his already record-breaking tally of international goals. 
especially when you consider the service that will be coming his way. And therefore, I'm backing Kane to have two or more shots on target. Odds of five to four. Okay, then, just to recap our three picks, Sam's gone for Jude Bellingham to score at any time. James has gone for over 2.5 total goals. And I've gone for Harry Kane to have two or more shots on target. This one, around 10 to 1. A nice, juicy 10 to 1. £10 on the betting slip. £110 in your back pocket if it gets over the line. I hope it gets over the line for you. I hope it gets over the line for us. But let's have a quick chat about the game itself now. And Sam, England could take a huge step towards Euro 2024 qualification with a win on Saturday. Do you reckon this is the case for the three Lions? Yeah, I've got to admit, I, I strongly fancy us here. I know there's maybe a little bit of a makeshift, possibly centre-back uh, positions, but I think we'll be absolutely fine. We've come out well against Ukraine in recent years. We beat them 4-0 in Ukraine, obviously in 2021. Obviously, this game's in Poland, so it's not quite the same, but we beat them 4-0 last time on the road. And we also beat them 2-0 in March in the home game as well. Uh, both games were also European qualifiers. And we've also won 21 of our last 22 Euro qualities. So, for me, I think there's no reason to be backing against our boys. Got to be confident. And I think we're going to go out there and get the win. Absolutely. Jamie, now there's talk today that Gareth Southgate will stand down at the end of Euro 2024, regardless of what happens in Germany. Do you reckon there's much credence to this? And if so, who would be in the mix to replace him? <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, I saw Pep Guardiola. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> obviously, be um, quite a nice one. But... Uh, I just... I just can't see that happening. I can't see why he'd want to take on the England job. I'm sure he'd be looking elsewhere, maybe even the Spanish national team, kind of when he does leave Manchester City. Um, obviously, for the rest of the Premier League, that'd be quite nice if he does eventually leave because obviously dominating at the moment. Um, Graham Potter, of course, is the guy who looks to kind of be the favourite. But for me, I just think as a coach, he's got kind of real limitations. So I'm a little bit concerned about maybe if he was to get the job. Um, I think Pochettino might be quite a good shout, actually. Um Obviously, the way it's going at Chelsea at the moment, I think there's a potential possibility that he could be gone by the end of the season. And um, I know he's got a great relationship with the FA. Um, and I just think as well, he, he would be a great fit for this young England team. We saw what he did at um, Spurs with, you know, developing young players and, you know, working with them. So I think that could be a really good shout. Obviously, he's got a great relationship with Harry Kane as well. So Pochettino, I, I think it's definitely worth keeping an eye on. Yeah, it's definitely worth a shout. I guess Graham Potter in the mix as well. Maybe Eddie Howe, depending on Newcastle status, etc., etc. So it's always a fluid market and we'll have to watch his space. But in terms of watching this space for the squad, Sam, what do you make of Calvin Phillips and Harry Maguire both getting a call-up? Well, do you know, I think a lot of people are frustrated with this, with this squad, particularly compared to... Even, I think people have been getting frustrated sometimes with a lot of Gareth's picks in recent months, recent years even where it seems to be a lot of favouritism towards certain players, obviously. I think Calvin Phillips and Harry Maguire have been two of the players that have been singled out. Um, the two players that I'd single out probably for being unlucky in this time round would be Jared Bowen uh, and James Ward-Prowse as well. The Raheem Sterling one, I don't have so much of an issue with. Um, his form, I'd say he's only had one or two good games for Chelsea, really, in, in recent months, so... I can kind of understand him being dropped there and trying something else. Also, Ollie Watkins might be a bit annoyed as well. But, yeah, I think it's it's just a hard one because what it is with Gareth Southgate at the moment, what we're seeing is we're kind of seeing like a contradiction in what he was supposed to stand for at the beginning in terms of you pick players on form. It doesn't matter about your club, who you play for. Do you know what I mean? But it seems to be a case of like, he actually, he's now just got his favourites that he thinks he can call upon and he kind of will side with them regardless. So... For me, a little bit frustrating. Obviously, I saw Rio Ferdinand's comments about 
James Ward Prowse, if he was James Ward Prowse, just Prowse would say, do you know what? I'm done and retiring. Uh, interesting stance to take, but a lot of people seem to be on board with that as well. You can see why James Ward Prowse would be saying, no, don't be doing that, because obviously he still wants to try and get himself some sort of um, tournament experience and get some silverware. So, yeah, it's a strange one, but it must be so frustrating for some of the players that have had really, really good form to be, yeah, just overlooked really and not feel probably like they're going to get a fair look in. Well, Jamie, let's focus on James Will Prowse then, because as Sam rightly says, we have Ferdinand has said, why bother chucking the international towel? Would you be that bold if you were James Will Prowse? Would you be frustrated mm-hmm. as well? What's your take? Yeah, well, look, just firstly, on maybe Gareth Southgate kind of having some favourites. I think one thing that England have done really well over the last couple of years, or certainly since Gareth Southgate's come in, is, is kind of build like some sort of unity. And, and maybe to have kind of the same players around, I think, does really help. So... I can kind of sit in that perspective and kind of why maybe he, he does keep picking some of these players. Um, on James Ward-Prowse, do you know what? That's quite interesting. I've never really bought the hype with, with him. Um, obviously, fantastic asset to have him set pieces. You know, in it, of course, you know, he does have a great delivery on him. But apart from that, I, I, I'm not too... I've never been particularly too keen on him. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not too bothered that he's not been included in the England squad. Of course, you know, if you are selecting him, realistically, you're doing it just to have that kind of those set pieces in the squad. Um, but then, of course, you've got so many um, great options in that midfield now. Obviously, Bellingham and Rice, they're very much locked on to be starters. Um, of course, Calvin Phillips, not played a lot of football, but I still think he's a very good player. Obviously, did very well in the, in the last couple of tournaments for England. Conor Gallagher's another player who I do like as well. You know, maybe James Ward-Prowse can feel a bit hard done by that Gallagher's been picked ahead of him, but... Uh, yeah, I, I just think we're so well stocked that it's it's not so much of an issue that James Ward-Prowse isn't going. But uh, yeah, I've never been too keen on him. But the way he's been playing, great addition to West Ham. And, and uh, yeah, probably can feel a bit hard done by not being selected. OK, then while we're talking all things outright, we may as well shine a light on the Euro 2024 market. And England's odds were 5-1. to one. Sam, that season as joint favourites. Is it finally coming home next summer? Oh, Dan, I hate saying this because you're really like behind the boys, but... On this occasion, I'm going to say no, because it just feels like we are the bridesmaid uh, under Gareth Southgate. You sort of get a great view, probably the best view of all the action, but we never quite get the full shebang. It's just a shame. We go so far in these tournaments. We all build our hopes up. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't quite happen for us. So yeah, I, know, I can see exactly why we're the favourites, uh, joint favourites. You know, Obviously, like I said, we have gone far in this competition before, but I could just imagine us doing it again, something you get to the final and for some reason we just don't show up. Of course, Jamie, France are the other joint favourites. They cannot be overlooked. It's two World Cup finals in a row, but they fell short at Euro 2020. Are they going to be in the mix once again? Yeah, well, look, I, th- I think it's very well deserved that these two teams are the favourites. I think by far kind of the best two teams. Um, I'm very excited for England's chances at the competition. But unfortunately, I, I do think it all, it all kind of relies on, on, on France and how far they get. Um, of course, you know, at, at the World Cup, I don't think France were a better team than England. Um, I think it was just kind of came down to almost the mentality of this French team. You know, I think a lot of England fans are kind of all, already written off England before we played France. And I just think it mentally it came down to France just being a lot stronger on that big stage. And, uh, you know, if these two teams were to meet, I think, unfortunately, it probably would be the same case. So, uh, yeah, I, I think a lot depends on, on France here and England's chances. But, uh, yeah, I think this French team's really exciting. Obviously, Mbappe, Camavinga, Chouameni and, and just so many other 
big talent. So uh, yeah, they're, they're, I think these two teams are really two teams that I'm very excited to see and uh, two teams that I think either of them are going to win it. Those those are definitely the two favourites. Okay, now it's time to get excited about our long shot Acker. We go anywhere in the world on the hunt for odds between two to one and five to one. Sam, you're up first this week. What have you got for me? Well, you're right there, Dan. It's definitely right. Uh, it's definitely worth getting excited for because we're going stateside, boys. We're going to go to insert Miami. Obviously, Lionel Messi absolutely tearing it up over there. We've seen how he has transformed that team. Uh, obviously, shout out to Busquets and Alba as well. They're playing their part. And all the other players seem to be raising their game. So I'm looking at Inter Miami to win and both teams to score at home at 27 to 10. Lovely stuff, Jamie. What have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, I'm going to look for the Euro, uh, Euro qualifiers um, and I'm going to go for a Finland win and both teams to score against Kazakhstan at 4 to 1. Uh, Finland, they're currently flying in Group H at the moment. They're top with nine points. Um, Kazakhstan, interestingly enough, are level on points with them at the top and they've got nine as well. Scored eight goals in four matches. They're a team that two look good as well. Um, but I think Finland will come out on top here. Um, and I think it's going to be quite an exciting game. I think that, you know, Kazakhstan, they're going to give them a game. Both teams are going to score, but Finland come out on top at four to one. Lovely stuff. I'm off to League Two as Crawley play host to Newport County at the Broadfield Stadium. The Red Devils came from 2-0 down last week at Stockport and were minutes away from snatching all three points. However, a late equaliser for the hosts meant it was all square at Edgley Park. But Scott Lindsay's men have won two of their three home games this season, while Newport make the long trip to West Sussex, having lost two of their three away fixtures. The balance of power is tipping towards a home win, and I'm adding that to the betting slip odds of 21-10. to 10. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's focus on some Euro 2024 qualifiers now as we look to home interest first and France versus the Republic of Ireland. We'll take some of the spotlight on Thursday. Sam, how does a win to nil for Le Bleus sound at four to five? So, do you know what? I've just got a sneaky feeling that the Irish might score one. I do fancy France to win, but yeah, the look of the Irish maybe, I think they might just nick a goal. Ireland have scored in nine of the last ten qualifiers. But granted, the only time they did fail to score actually was against France. But I don't know, I just can't help but chase the dream and chase the odds and go France to win and both seem to score at 13-5. to 5. I think I'd sooner take a punt at that just because of the odds. OK, Jamie, by the same token, there are going to be plenty of goal-scoring options when it comes to the French side. Who would be your mm. pick when it comes to an anytime scorer in the French capital? Yeah, you're right. That There are plenty of options, but I am going to play it safe. And I, I don't see any reason why not to, because Kylian Mbappe has been fantastic so far in qualifying. He's 4-6 to six to score any time. Um, four goals in, in, in four matches for France. So I just think he's he's certainly the guy to back here for France. So uh, a little bit boring, but uh, I'm going to go for Kylian Mbappe. Sometimes you just got to play it simple, haven't you? There's nothing wrong with that. The same night, though, we go to Slovenia as well, as they welcome Northern Ireland through their doors. Sam, would under 2.5 goals look good on an Acker or to 3-5? to five? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult one to back. I mean, I don't like backing unders generally. 3-5, uh, it's it's one of them prices, isn't it, where it's just sort of like on the fence. It's it's going to be a low-quality game, I think, this one, to be quite honest with you. I think, I think form will show you that down in the years with these two teams. It's not really a fixture that throws up excitement, is it? So, yeah, I think that's probably right about where it should be. Uh, I'm not sure if I'd be touching this game, though, to be honest with you. OK, and Jamie, if you were looking at this game from a half-time, full-time point of view, how do you see it panning out? Yeah, I'm going to go for a Slovenia leading at half-time and then again at full-time at 2-1. to one. 
Uh, they've made a strong start to the group at the moment. Um, Northern Ireland, they definitely haven't. They've been struggling at the moment. Uh, they've lost their last three. The only set of points they've got was off Santa Marina, of course. A team, unfortunately, who, who everyone seems to take points off. So uh, I think it's going to be a tough evening for Northern Ireland. And I think they're going to be losing at half-time, losing at full-time at 2-1. to one. Yeah, I think that's going to be the case there in Slovenia. Friday also throws up Cyprus and Scotland going head-to-head. Sam, how does the away win to nil? What does a 5-6 to six sound to you? So I'm going to be going the other way with this one. I'm actually okay. going for a away win, but I'm going to be going for both teams to score in this one at 12-5. to five. A little bit like the France selection. I'm chasing the bigger odds here. Uh, I think the international games often throw quite a few short prices in terms of win markets. Uh, and I think you get where you seem to get the value is just backing a bit of both teams to score action. I think the bookies tend to think that you're not going to get so many both teams to score games um, when it comes to sort of like having a favourite. I think sometimes you'd be pleasantly surprised by what teams could do, especially on home soil. So I think both teams to score and a Scotland win at 12-5 to five is where I'd be hedging my bets. Now, Jamie, Lyndon Dykes has been Scotland's talisman in recent months. You can back the QPR forward to score any time at odds of 11-8. to eight. Is that a bet that interests you at all? Yeah, well, look, one, one player that I was looking for was Scott McTominay because, quite interestingly, he is the leading goal scorer um, in, in qualifying at the moment. He scored four goals, but he's not in the squad. So, uh, that's obviously a bit of a disappointment. But I think on this one, um, Scotland, they've made, obviously, a perfect start to qualifying. They've won four from four, so really impressive course leading the uh, leading the group at the moment and I think they should win pretty comfortably here so uh, I think that's going to mean plenty of chances for Scotland and of course plenty of chances for Dyke so yeah I, I think this is definitely a nice one to back here. Yeah I think they've got options in the like John McGinn for example seems to pop up for Scotland they could go for Lawrence Shankland as well he's been in form for Hearts but whether he'll start with Dykes being as good as he is in a Scotland jersey we'll have to see as you say Jamie Scott McTominay not part of the squad so that's an option which has been a surprising one in the last few international fixtures but that's not on the table so I think all things considered Dykes at 11 to 8 seems the best way to go but before we move on I want a correct score bet from you both it doesn't matter where it is in the world I just want that outcome spot on so Sam you're up first what have you got for me yeah so I'm still stateside uh, I'm going to go for Inter Miami to win 4-1 against Sporting Kansas 33 to 1 so, as we've seen with Inter Miami at the moment, goals galore for them since they've uh, got Messi in the forward line, as you'd expect. Uh, but they are also a bit leaky at the back. I don't know if you saw the game or the highlights from the weekend. Uh, but, to be honest, if you had another day, they probably could have lost that game. They were giving away so many opportunities. But, Sporting Kansas, they're, they're a team that are struggling also down at the bottom of the league. I think Inter Miami will overtake them before the end of the season. But, yeah, 4-1. Um, against Sporting Kansas into Miami 33 to 1 so big odds big shout I like it though Jamie what correct score are you hoping for this weekend yeah obviously Sam mentioned earlier he thought that Ireland were going to get a goal against France I don't uh, I think it's going to be a 3-0 win for France I think it's going to be quite a comfortable evening um, Evan Ferguson he's out of the squad for, for Ireland so I think that that's going to be a big blow for them I think that's a real kind of a loss of a, a big goal scoring threat for them so uh yeah, and of course, France, we said plenty of options. Kylian Mbappe, who, you know, always going to be kind of, uh, you know, in, in fantastic form. I said four from four in qualifying. So uh, I think it's going to be a comfortable 3 0 win for them at six to one. Very good. Right. Check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. 
Right, let's pop up some more Euro 2024 qualifiers now as we go across Europe and look at the pick of the bunch. The Dutch are playing host to Greece on Thursday. And Sam, if you were to back the home win, what handicap would you be putting on this? Do you know what it is? I don't know if I'd even touch the handicap. Oh. It's a case of do I trust the Dutch? I think they're going to get a win, but I, it's, I don't know if I trust them fully to get a, a big marginal win uh, looking at it. Uh, I think... Sure, France beat Greece, only managed a 1-0 win against them. And for me, France are a better team than the Dutch. But Dutch just, they, they throw up some random results sometimes. They're very difficult to predict. Obviously, they have some fantastic players in there. But there's something about the chemistry of the Dutch that can just be a little bit off sometimes. So, for me, at 4-9, to nine, I think it's backable in an acker. That's fair enough then. So, Jamie, in terms of the goals, though, this one could be difficult because it's 17 to 20 for over 2.5. It's 19 to 20 for under. So, the bookmakers can't quite make up their mind. Which way do you see this one going before Thursday? Yeah, do you know what? I, I, I agree with Sam, actually. I think this is going to be a win for the Netherlands, but I think it's going to be a tricky game for them. I think I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals. Uh, Greece have actually conceded just twice in four qualifying matches. So, defensively, they have been pretty strong. Uh, the Netherlands, they failed to score against France. I'm sure many many teams will uh, so to, to do the same. They only put three past uh, Gibraltar, a 10-man Gibraltar team as well. So I think that at the moment they haven't shown a great deal of form in front of goal. You know, you look at some of their top options in terms of the goal scorers. They're not like emphatic goal scorers. I think the likes of Steven Bergvine's up there, of course, a guy who's been struggling in the area of Vizé. Um, so it just shows you not a lot of firepower in, in this uh, Netherlands team. And uh, yeah, I think it will be a win, as I said, but I think it'll be under 2.5 goals. Approach with caution on that one then. Friday night sees Georgia play host to Spain. And Sam, if there's a value bet before these two square off, what can you offer the listeners? So, seems to be a theme with me with these international games at the moment, but I'm going to go for Spain win and both teams to score 23 to 10. Georgia have actually got some good attacking players. Uh, the, the lad at Napoli, yeah. I've never <laughs> I do not, I'm not even going to attempt it on the first moment, but you know I'm on about. Yeah. Uh, the last time these teams played in Georgia was back in 2021, and it did end up in a Spain win, but also both teams scored. It was a 2-1 win for Spain. So I can see a similar outcome here. So 23-10, to 10, Spain and both teams to score is my shot. OK, then that's the interest in Scotland's group. The English interest is North Macedonia versus Italy on Saturday. So, Jamie, what's the value mm. bet for this game? Yeah, I'm going to go for a comfortable win for Italy. So I'm going to go for an Italian win um, and over 2.5 goals, 11 to 5. Uh, North Macedonia, they've conceded 11 goals in three matches. So I think, you know, given given Italy and, and, the, and the way they, you know, the attackers that they do have, I think they've got plenty of goals in them. Uh, you know, as well, they've you know, scored three past the Netherlands in, in the Nations League as well just recently. So I think that this should be a comfortable win for Italy. So I'm going to go for an Italian win and over 2.5 goals at 11-5. to 5. OK, then before we go, let's quickly look at the EFL this weekend. League One sees tabletoppers Exeter play host to Leighton Orient. Sam, do you have this one pinned down as a home win, odds of 4-5? to five? Yes, I had a look a second ago. It's actually gone to 5-6 to six now, so Ooh. even better. It's definitely a bet that I like this one. Leighton Orient have only taken four points in the opening six games. They find themselves 20th in the league, and their away form makes the worst reading as well. They've only taken one point from their three games there, so... Have to say, Exeter pose good value at five to six there. Yeah, even more so now. I think that's going on my weekend betting slip. But Jamie, Notts County are currently top of League Two. Maybe a bit surprising. We've kind of bigged up Wrexham 
at the start of the season, but Notts County have kind of quietly slipped up to the top. So Saturday season go to MK Dons in what is now a top of the table clash. But how do you see this one going? Yeah, re really exciting game this one. It looks like it's going to be, as you say, kind of both teams at the top at the moment. Really difficult to split them. So uh, I'm not going to split them. I'm going to go for a draw in this one at 13 to 5. Uh, Milton Keynes are undefeated in all the home games this season. Um, having said that, they did lose. Uh, they've lost two of their last four matches um, in the league. They were stunned by Crew on the weekend. They were they, were, they lost there. Uh, Notts County obviously made a, a tricky start to the had a tricky start to the season. They were defeated on the opening day, but ever since then it's it's been a good run for them. They're undefeated in five now, so uh, I like the look of a draw at thirteen to five. Okay, then it's time for our final bit of business. It's the odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each. We combine it into an acker. We try and go for bets over one to two at less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the line. So, Sam, you're up first. What have you got for me? Right, so I'm backing our boys. England to do a job on Ukraine. We've got a decent record against them in recent times. Uh, we beat them 4-0 on the road last time we played. And obviously, that was in Ukraine. This game is in Poland. Slightly different. But I still fancy to turn up. And we also beat them 2-0 uh, earlier in the year in March as well. So we tend to win against them. We tend to not concede against them. We've also won 21 of our last 22 European qualifiers. So the form is definitely with the English side. Come on, you three lines. One to two. Sam is roaring on the three lines. Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, it's a game we, we spoke about earlier. And I'm going to go for Slovenia to beat Northern Ireland at four to five. Uh, Slovenia, I said, they made a strong start. Uh, to the group. They've got seven points. Um, they're only two points off the top, but Group H looking really exciting. There's four teams kind of really close at the moment, so that's definitely a, a group to keep an eye on. Uh, but for Northern Ireland, they have made a tough start. Uh, as I said, they're only three, but the only set of points they've got at the moment come from San Marino, so uh, I think this is going to be a, a, a straightforward win for Slovenia at four to five. Okay, then before I do my pick, I need to reference Sam's pick last week. It got rained off. I was looking through the results and I was like, postponed. Then I see yeah. all manner of rain in Madrid. So we had a double, but unfortunately we didn't win it. So never mind, we'll move on because it's time to go to League One. The Stevenage by host to Carlisle. Both teams were promoted from League Two at the back end of last season, but have had differing fortunes at the start of this. The hosts already find themselves in the early League One promotion mix under Steve Evans and any form of positive result will see them move into the top two by the end of Saturday. The visitors only picked up their first league win of the season in their last outing as they got the better of Shrewsbury by two goals to nil. Stevenage have won four out of their first six and I'm putting them down for another home win, odds of three to four. Right, that brings us to full time, so I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website and now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Sam, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Absolute pleasure, boys. Do you know what? I'm not the biggest international window fan generally but the way Newcastle are going at the moment it might be a welcome break for me so yeah thankfully a bit of international football this week guys um, so yeah let's see if we get some winners and I believe we'll see you in two weeks aren't you going off on a break next week yeah now you've mentioned it obviously I'm doing a, I'm doing a Jamie I'm going to get myself some sun uh, heading over to Kefalonia first time I've been so we'll see how it goes out there I'm looking forward to some nice food hopefully some nice weather hopefully we can avoid the floods that seem to be going across Greece at the moment um, but yeah, uh, fingers crossed for some sun and I come back revitalised, ready for some more winners. Hopefully you've got some Greek Super League tips waiting for us next week. But anyway, Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. Yeah, all good. Thanks, Dan. And uh, yeah, just nice as a Spurs fan not to be looking forward to an international break. Of course, you know, 
as I say, great start to the season so far from Ange. Um, but yeah, I'm off to jump in the pool now because I'm, I'm in, in, in a room with no aircon and uh, I'm a little bit, a little bit hot and sweaty. So uh, that's what I'm off to do now. So all good. I'm quite jealous. But anyway, cheers, guys. And also to listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. Thank you.